Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Wow. Um, no, that's okay. I got good eyesight. Um, let me get let me get this ready real fast. How you guys doing? I was with you. Um, about a month and a half ago, right before Christmas, raise your hand if you were there. So a few of you guys were there. Uh, we got to talk about the Savior Jesus right before Christmas, one of my favorite seasons of the year. Um, today's a little different, obviously. I am so grateful to be here. I'm honored to be here. I love Jesse, Jessica, and um, everybody. I love all of you. So <laughs> I'll just name you all by name. Um, I have a lot I want to talk about today. It was funny. I was praying, I was praying for the service, and I was... Um, I was really wrestling over, man, God, what do you want me to say? And I, and I just was, uh, I was, you guys ever go in those moments where you got to do something, but at the same time, you don't know what to do, so then you're just sitting in it for a while, and you're like, man, I just, I don't like that feeling. Yeah. Uh, at our church, we kind of just go through these series, and I just know what I'm going to do, but guest speaking is a little different, because you kind of come into it, and, and I don't know, you kind of want to feel, well, Lord, what are you saying? Because I'm not around you guys all the time. I'm not here. I don't really know what's going on. And, uh, but man, I just started getting so flooded that I got so much stuff to say that I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to hit Jesse's marker, Pastor Jesse's marker on time. So um, if you have a Bible, if you can go to Revelation, we're actually going to read out of, uh, we're going to read Acts 4 in, in a little bit, but I'm going to pray for us. Father, <clears throat> Father, I just thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're here. We thank you for your angels. We thank you for the power to save, the power to deliver <clears throat> from anxieties, from fears, from sin, from sickness, from shame, from guilt, from condemnation, from sadness, from depression. Father, we thank you for your miraculous power. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for sending your son for us. Father, I pray for a manifestation of your presence. I pray that we would get a glimpse of your glory. Pray that you would draw us and beckon us into your presence to see you and behold you. And we thank you so much, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so I was thinking, you know, man, what do I want to preach about? And then all these things started happening. And so I, I have, it's not necessarily one straight message. It's more like if you, if you ever read a message in the Bible, it kind of says a whole bunch of random things. That's my message to you today. So, uh, but they will be kind of tied together, trust me. But uh, I'm just going from my heart here and, and what, I believe, what I believe God wants me to share. Is that cool? So last week, last week at, at, at our church, at the church that I go to, uh, we talked about um, these the letters in the book of Revelation, which there are seven letters of seven, seven different churches, right? So Jesus appears to the apostle John when he looks crazy, you know, his eyes and are fire and his feet are like bronze and it says his tongue's like a sword and all kinds of crazy stuff. And you're reading the book and you're saying, what in the world is going on? Jesus, you're awesome. And, uh, but these letters are really impactful. And um, in the seven letters, it's kind of like a metaphor for the church, uh, the whole church. Um, 
And in the first one, I just want to highlight that one. I'm not going to go into all of them right now for you guys, but I just wanted to highlight the first one. And what's crazy is I was thinking about saying all this stuff, and then almost the whole time during worship, we were just, we were singing, uh, returning, returning into your presence, returning to your first love. And, um, and I really believe it's a message. I believe that you guys represent it in, in the best way possible. I think you guys, you guys are, are an example and an expression of living out the first love of Jesus before everything else. And that's a really, really good thing. That's a really good thing. Uh, the first letter in the churches is, is uh, Revelation chapter 2. And what it says, basically, I'm just going to, if you want to read over it, it's the, the first seven seven verses in, in chapter two. It's to the church of Ephesus. And Jesus says uh, to John, he says, John, I want you to write this letter to the angel in the church of Ephesus. And he goes on about this church and how how awesome they are. I mean, this church is legit. If there was on the outside, like looking in, like just gazing on them, you say, wow, that that church has got it all down. These guys are are giving their lives to Jesus, they're getting persecuted, but they're giving, they're, they're doing anything and everything. They're standing true to the faith. When there's, when there's fake people around, they're calling them out. Uh, they got it all down. And then even though all this is going on, and he's saying, you're doing such a great job in all these things. You know, Jesus is so sweet. He's, he's like, you're doing so good. Let's read it. <laughs> Verse 2, I know your works. So they're good people. They're doing good things. Your labor your patience. You cannot bear those who are evil. They're righteous people. They're wanting to do good things. Like they're wanting to do good things. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. You found them liars. You love the Bible. You're such a good Christian. He's saying this to them. That's a good thing. These people come up to you and then they say false things and you're like, I don't know. That's not what Jesus said. You know, sometimes people come around, people can say stuff. You can walk on the street, people could, anybody could say anything, right? Um, praise God, Jesus and the apostles left some notes for us, and they told us what's up. But they tested them, and he says, you found them liars. He says, you've persevered with patience. You've labored for my name's sake, and you haven't become weary. These people are so legit, they're not even getting tired doing it. They're laboring for Jesus. They're getting persecuted for Jesus. They're preaching for Jesus. Ah, they're doing it all. And they're not even getting tired. I wish I could get more of that. That's crazy. There's some grace on that. They're not even getting tired. And then he says this. You think, man, this church has got it all together. And he says, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works. Or I'll come quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. That's just crazy. The lampstand, by the way, in, in, the, in these letters is a, is a metaphor, a symbol, a prophetic image of, of the church. And so in the old Jewish temple, there was the menorah. You guys know the menorah? It has all the candles. So, but in, in the Bible, he's saying that he's walking in the midst of the lampstands, and the lampstands is symbolic of the church. And the threat Jesus gives them is he's like, Man, you guys are doing so good. But, you know, you've got the title of Christian. You got, you got it all on the outside. You know, you're really laboring for it. You love the theology. And, um, and you preach and teach and everything. But, um, but uh, where's, 
Where's our relationship? Wow. He said, where, where is it at? It was we started on a really good foot, and now I'm like dying for you. And then, and then he says um, a warning, which I think is just wild. I mean, he goes straight into it. Jesus, Jesus is a really sweet, loving guy. But then sometimes he's like, this is the, kind of what's going to happen, though. But I'm giving you even more opportunities. I just want you so bad. He says, if you don't come, I'll, I'll remove your lampstand. Basically saying, the church is going to go bye-bye. That's just wild. Um, but this, this calling back to the first love, I believe this church is funny because I'm thinking of all these great things that I always witness every time I come here and that I feel. And I wanted, I wanted to say certain things that um, can bring out the message of Jesus to you in a practical way that I believe that are gifts that you have as individuals and as a community that when people come in here and visit, they're, they're legitimately going to come in contact with. And one of those things is calling, calling people to their first love. You can do all the best things in the world. You can give all the gifts in the world. You can, you can die for Jesus. You could be martyred, but you got to have the first love be the first love. That's, that's him. That's his presence. Jesus died for us, and he died for us for a lot of things. He died for your wholeness, your health, your provision. He, he, died, he died for so many things, we could just literally stand here for an hour and, I, and just go, 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 go. All these things he died for. But the number one thing, the most important thing, is for you to have an intimate, personal relationship with the living God. It is the first thing. And I see it like a river. It's, he's at the head of the river, and all these other blessings and things that, that we, we want to participate in, we need to participate in, yeah? But we can't lose sight of the head of the river, the very beginning of it, Jesus himself calling us and beckoning us. I was sitting there during worship, and I just, I haven't thought of this dream in a really long time. And some of us in here might be like, dreams are kind of funky, but I, uh, dreams can be very meaningful sometimes. Yeah. Very meaningful. And I, I had this dream a while back, and I remember it right now, and I, and I don't rarely share it, but I want to share it right now. I had this dream where... I walk into this room, and the room was the Holy of Holies, but there was nothing in the room. It was just a very basic room. And, um, and then Jesus appeared, and in the dream, I fall down on my face, and, and some people are around. And I'm, like, thinking in my head. <laughs> I'm thinking, I've thought of Jesus. I've, you know, talked about Jesus. And in the dream, I'm thinking, I'm, like, looking at Jesus. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I'm on the floor just kind of tripping. And, and then he, uh, he calls us to him, and we stood in front of him, and, and he said something to me. I remember he said, he said, tell people to come in here and see me. That was my dream. Tell people to come in here and see me. In the beginning, in, in, in the garden, it's funny, we were singing so much about it, and things I want to talk about. In the garden uh, is a place, the Garden of Eden, everybody heard of that? The book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. God created the heavens and the earth, and, and he, he has his own garden. It's his garden, and he puts Adam and Eve in it, and he made us for communion with him, yeah? Uh, but they ate of a tree they weren't supposed to eat of. We all know the story. And, um, and death ultimately comes and comes to humanity. We, we would call that the, the sickness or the, the, the death is the result of that sin, Right? And that death comes to all of us. Yeah, we're all, unless Jesus comes back, we're all going to die. Or if he has some crazy supernatural purpose for you or something. But um, (laughs) 
generally we all die, okay? But Jesus is coming back. Uh, but that's a result of sin, right? And I was thinking of this song uh, by Jonathan Helser. Anybody ever heard of him, Jonathan Helser? So it was like 12 years ago. He wrote this song. I remember when he had written it. And, and uh, I don't remember the exact words of it because it's been over a decade, but for some reason it was just coming to me. And then we started singing about coming back. I was like, what is going on? But he said, um, he said, in the garden we fell, right? And in the garden you prayed, right? Uh, so in the, there was a garden of Eden where, where we fall and God actually in his mercy, you know, he's a merciful guy. God in his mercy said, I don't want you to live in this state forever. I don't want you to live in this state forever. Get out of here, lest you eat of the tree of life and live forever in this state. Where you, you get these inklings of sin and all these problems. Like, I don't want you to live in that. Get out. Go. He's so merciful. Some people are like, man, he's mean, man. He kicked us out of the garden. No, he, he had a plan. His plan was a person, and his name is Jesus, okay? It's interesting. When Jesus comes, I just want to say the gospel a little bit to you today. Yeah. When Jesus comes, um, God became a man and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. He came, and he revealed the Father to us. He came and began to teach. He was doing miracles, all kinds of stuff. What a fun guy, Loved to rebuke religious people. I don't know if he loved to do it, but he did do it. He did do it. Um, but the night, the night when he was going to get arrested and uh, be crucified the following day, he was in a garden. We all know this? I find it so interesting. He, he's, he's praying in this garden. He's, he's sweating blood. In the original garden, because of the sin, you know, God said there were certain curses that were going to come because of our sin. One of them being for men, it was from the sweat of your brow, you will have to till the earth. Yeah. Some of you are like, I don't remember reading this. Go ahead and open your Bibles, you know, read Genesis 1 later. We don't have time. But Jesus was sweating for us and he was sweating blood, sweating blood in the Bible, it says. Isn't that wild? That's a lot of pressure he's going through. Um. And he's praying, and I was thinking about how the, the disciples are sleeping by a tree. They're sleeping by a tree. And Jesus is praying, and he tells him, he says, he says, guys, don't, don't sleep uh, lest you fall in temptation. You know, pray, 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 lest you fall into temptation. And Jesus kept going back and praying. He actually prayed the same thing three times. He kept repeating his prayer, which, side note, it's okay to repeat prayers. Just don't do it vainly or without purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't just repeat stuff because the more we talk, God somehow hears us. But if you're wrestling with something, it's okay to mull over it for a while until that thing is, is dealt with and God helps you. All right? Um, but he's praying, and I find it so interesting that in the garden, it was the garden, Adam and Eve failed to, to maintain intimacy with God, and they ate of a tree, right? And in this garden, right before Jesus, the disciples themselves are failing to maintain intimacy with God, and they're sleeping at a tree, you know? <laughs> they're, they're, they're failing as well, but, but what we fail in, Jesus succeeded in. 
And through it all, he, he maintained the perfect union with the Father that ultimately will, what we're destined to. Yeah? So he goes on a cross, he dies for us, he resurrects, and those who believe in him have everlasting life, yes? But we know everlasting life doesn't start when you uh, die. Everlasting life starts now in his presence, in communion with the living God. He is life. Like, you don't you get everlasting life like life's here, but God's over here. You get everlasting life because you got God. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get healing because you get God. You get health, wholeness. You get forgiveness of sin. Why? Because you got a Savior. You got a merciful guy. You get a guy. A three-in-one guy. Kind of crazy, but you get a guy. I was in a theology class once, and the professor was a, was an, was a side tangent. Should I go there, Jesus? The professor was an Orthodox, and she said, just a little side thing. She goes, man, I've never heard a good uh, analogy. It's interesting because she's Orthodox. They're really big into the Trinity, you know? And um, she's just going off. Because, no, I mean, analogies are analogies. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Lord's your shepherd, you know, but you don't have wool on your body. You know what I'm saying? Like, like... <laughs> Analogies only go so far. You get it? It's okay that analogies don't answer everything. You're like, they're not meant to do that. They're just meant to pick a point. You know what I'm saying? So, but she said and like all these analogies of the Trinity. And so I thought oh, that was really interesting. So I went out to eat. I was eating at, at In-N-Out and I was talking to a, um, a girl named Valerie Carpenter. And she said, I, just, I randomly asked her, I just go, hey, if God was a Trinity... Well, how would you describe that? You know, like randomly, like as we're eating a burger, you know, and she goes, huh. She, she goes, I just think of those soap bottles with soap, shampoo, and conditioner all in one. <laughs> <laughs> and I told, uh, I told the professor, I said, uh, the next week at class, I said, well, I asked a girl, uh, and, uh, and we were at In-N-Out. And I said, what would you do? Or, you know, how would you describe it? And, she, and, and I told her, and the professor's looking. She's like, actually, that's pretty good. You know, she's <laughs> kind of tripping. That was pretty funny. I love it. And she was, like, so not theological about it. She was just totally, just point of fact. Yeah, totally, in the shampoo bottle. That was like... We're like in a theology class, and we had, a, we had an Orthodox professor, we had a Catholic priest, we had a, an Assemblies of God pastor, we had a Reformed pastor, and then, and, then, and then we had me. I mean, I don't even know. I don't know how you box me up, but they were putting me in all kinds of terms. So, but we're all together in this little room, and, and uh, it was so funny. Everyone was like, you know, how do we, you know, going over the theology of God? Shampoo bottle. God. All right. Go to uh, Ephesians for me. Ephesians. Ephesians. <clears throat> this church, the church of, of the Ephesians, is the church in Ephesus. And if you remember... Uh, 15 minutes ago, I read to you, <laughs> it's amazing how fast we could forget simple things. 15 minutes ago, we read uh, one of the letters, or at least part of it, uh, that Jesus said to one of the churches. That church was Ephesus. 
That's the church that we're going to read from right now. We following? What's going on here? Okay. <laughs> this is uh, verse three of chapter one. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read a little bit and then we'll keep going here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. <clears throat> I just want to break this down a little bit in uh, Micah version, I guess. He predestined us before the foundation of the world in Christ, that in him, ultimately, he says his will uh, is for us to be conformed into his image, right? In the book of Genesis, when, when God makes us, he says something uh, which we would say is him talking to himself. He says, let us make man in our image. Yeah? And, and he makes man, he says he makes a male and female, in his image he made them. Yeah? But it's interesting because we, as humans, fall in, in sin. Yes, they fall. But, but that wasn't the end of God's story. It's not like God was a doofus or God was dumb. God, God is very smart. He's so smart, you can't outsmart. Like, he's just, he knows everything. Always. Always and ever. Oh, yeah. Not only does he know what you're going to do, he knows everything you could do and would do and should do and it, everything. He knows everything. He knows more than what even happens. He just knows. He's God. Crazy. But he made us with a purpose, and his purpose was in Jesus. And he makes us with free will. He makes us as people who can walk with him and choose to, to live with him. And God, in his infinite wisdom, understands there's going to be a little bit of issues and hiccups along the way. He's not, like, shocked by it. He's not shocked by people turning away from him or disobe disobeying him or saying no or whatever or walking in sin. He's not shocked. He's not like, oh, my gosh. How can this be? Because he had a plan, and his plan was a man named Jesus. He knew he was going to send himself as a man and literally take the payment forgive us literally the the result of sin we would call it you know sometimes we say payment a lot because like like a legal system but it's also it's uh, it's like um sin is like getting bit by a snake and you get venom in you do you get what i'm saying jesus took on the venom for you so you don't have to die do we get it oh okay okay Some people, some people think of like God's predestination or his plan or his purpose, his future purpose is in like a determining thing. And they almost make that the gospel. It's just whatever he picked, like that's just what's going to happen. It takes predominance over everything. It's just, it's not even about Jesus at that point. It's just whatever he willed. You know what I'm saying? But his will was Jesus. And, and through Jesus, he can reconcile the whole world to himself. He wills for all men to be saved. 
all men to be saved, to come in repentance, to turn and to know him. He wills for all men. He's a good guy. One more time, I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles. You guys are going to be scholars at the end of this. Acts chapter 4. This is the last passage we're going to meditate on. So God wills for all of us to be saved. He desires to walk with all of us, and he's constantly calling us and beckoning us, not just to take a name Christian or like a title. Like it's not just, hey, go get dipped in some water like, and get it. Like that's not, the, that's, not, that's not the end all. Like if you're getting dipped in the water, you're dying to your old life and you're coming into a new one in Jesus. Yeah. It's not just for the title. Yeah. It's for the person. Yeah, so simple, so simple. Jesus dies for us for that. In our failure, you know, we can literally fail so much at maintaining, maintaining the perfect relationship with even God, yeah? We fail, but you know where we fail? Jesus always succeeded, and he comes to fill the gap. He comes to enable, empower, restore, heal. It's like, man, God, I, I just, I feel like I should have been praying more. You know, he's like, uh, I'm just, I just love you. I, I know. I, I did it perfect for you. I'm, I'm here. I, I just love you. I want to be with you. I want to walk with you. I want to empower you. Man, I shouldn't have done that. You're right. You shouldn't have done that. But I love you. I want to restore you. I want to heal you. The Bible says, um, just one more thing on the gospel. Just as Moses, there's a guy named Moses. Everyone heard of a guy named Moses? Some great movies about him. There's a guy named Moses, and he leads the people of Israel out of Egypt. And we all know the crazy stories that the water parts, they go through. Pharaoh's really dumb, decides to go into the water area, like... After fire was blocking him and a pillar is leading, there's like a lot of crazy stuff going on. And the guy is still headstrong, okay? That's uh, wild. But anyways, they're, they're walking in the, in the wilderness and, uh, and, the, and the people, the people begin to sin and they're doing, they're doing some bad stuff. And when they do bad stuff, these serpents that God had been withholding from them, to protect them, he's a good guy. When they're walking in the wilderness, he's, he's holding back these serpents. And they start doing some dumb stuff. And, um, and the serpents are kind of like, let go. And, and they start to bite the people of Israel. And a lot of them get sick. And people are starting to die. And they start wigging out. They start talking to Moses. They say, hey, Moses, please pray for us because we're all like dying. There's all these snakes, and we're getting bit. We all got this venom in us, and it's not good. So God, Moses talks to God, and God says, well, I ain't going to take the serpents away right now, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to take a pole, and I want you to put a bronze serpent um, made out of bronze, and I want you to put it on a pole, and whoever looks at that will be healed, will be saved from the venom of the snake. Jesus comes along and says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. <laughs> there's, a, there's a venom and the venoms of the devil and darkness and evil, but Jesus comes to eradicate that from your life. That's why he says his will was for you to be able to stand holy and blameless before him. You get to. Why? Because Jesus took away the venom. He takes away the sin. He forgives you. He washes you. He makes you completely new. Anyways, I was standing in the back. I was talking to a gentleman about, uh, we were talking, we started talking about some missionaries and I, um, the last thing I want to talk about, and then we'll just end it all. I don't know what time it is. Sorry. I always get lost. Oh, it is time. It's 11.45, huh? I'm going to pray for you guys. Hey, see, I told you. I had so many things. I don't know if we're going to do that, but it's okay. Maybe Jesse will invite me back. Um, I'm just kidding. Maybe. Potentially. If you like the gospel, you know. I'm just kidding. If you like it. I'm just saying. You got to invite me back. All right. Um. The things I was going to say, we're going to end it like in a prayer, was, um, I, you know, there's a lot of people around the world that are, are legit Christians, that are giving their lives for the gospel. And it's interesting. I feel like I'm also, like, very patriotic. I just am. I was just grown up that way. I'm very patriotic. I just star-spangled banner. I'll just start crying. I just love it. I, I get all excited, you know. It's one of my favorite part of, like, a football game is just the the flags waving. I'm like, yeah. Um, but I think, we, I think we do a good job. I think we do a good job uh, honoring people who go in the military and, and people who serve for us, whether it be police officers, fire department, all these people. But in the church, God honest truth, we need to, we need to have another level of honor towards missionaries. And um, not specifically this church, you guys are amazing. I'm just saying in general, like to strive up on our hearts to remember them. The Bible says to remember those who are in chains as if you're in chains with them. Yeah. I was in a living room um, the other month and, and with my buddy and there was a girl there uh, who's our friend and, and, and she was just in China and she, she was telling us her story, how she just got arrested and, and um, just a normal person, a normal Christian, you know, a, a hero. She's awesome. She's over there, they're doing all this work, and they're, and they're telling people about Jesus. Very simple stuff. And, uh, and these officials came in, and they don't like that. They don't like it when people are teaching the people unless they get to control the situation. So they came in and rushed her apartment, and, and all these big guys taking this little girl, the sweetest little girl. Like, she needed five like police officers around her because she's so dangerous, you know? And they put her in the car. And by the way, she said something like, uh, who did she say? She said something like, you know, she wishes everybody could experience something like that because it's crazy how much you realize and have joy and like, God, you got everything covered. Yeah. That's just wild. I was like, okay, you're another level. I'm like, I got to get there. <laughs> Anyways, that guys, they were searching her whole apartment. One of the funny stories, though, they were searching the whole apartment, and right in the middle of the room was a backpack with a computer sticking, like, in it right there, just right in the middle of the apartment. And the computer had all the information of all the other Christians, like, around, like, they were doing all these things. Like, it had, like, plans and all kinds of the, the The police were tearing her apartment apart, just ripping it apart, going through everything, trying to find whatever they could find. They couldn't find anything. The computer's in the middle of the room. <laughs> Anyways, they ended up letting her go. They were like, you know, are you in YWAM? She's like, well, my parents were in YWAM, you know. 
So I guess I am. My parents were. Uh, Anyways, I, I want to just say a prayer. We're going to pray for, I just want to pray for them, pray for people that are going. And if you know of people, I just want to encourage you to, to, you know, be giving, be giving, be giving in church, be giving to the mission of God, be giving to those who are, who are serving and doing things for the kingdom, for Jesus and putting, literally putting their lives on the line that they, they, they really believe in this stuff, you know? Like, it doesn't take a lot of pressure for me to stand up here in Southern California and be like, Jesus is real. Like, these people, like, I don't know. Anyways, if you ever get to talk to a missionary, um, you might not fully understand or know, like, what they're going through or the secrecy they have to do a lot of times. And because they're doing it secretly, they don't always get the credit. You know what I'm saying? No one ever talks about it because it's so secret. You ever get those letters from missionaries like, I'm going to a place, I can't talk about where I'm going, I can't tell you what I'm doing, and you're like, the heck am I giving my money to? <laughs> but you got to know, they're doing a lot of good things, okay? Um, I love you guys. Father, I just thank you for this church. I thank you that they're so giving. I thank you that you are their first love. I thank you that I have brothers and sisters here, God. I thank you for the gospel. Um, I thank you for Jesse. I thank you for Jessica, God. I thank you for their hearts. If you could just stretch your hands out to Pastor Jesse and Jessica, God, I just thank you for them. Lord, we pray for just a blessing upon them, Lord, that there would just be a grace increased in whatever way, God, just a blessing of your presence. I pray for a manifestation of your spirit in, in just unique, tangible ways in these days, and I thank you so much for them. I thank you for the risk. I thank you for the faith. I thank you for the steadfastness. I thank you for their love for you. I thank you that worship and, and you are the, the, the first thing in their lives. I thank you, Father, for all these things. And I just pray that you bless them. And we thank you, God, for them. And we thank them for their service and work for you. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, there's tons of stories, but you told me 11.45. No, I didn't. Didn't you say 11.45? Yeah, you keep going for me. Oh, I know, until 12. I know, I know. Okay. Listen, wait, wait, wait. He told me I could keep going. He's a gracious guy. He's a... <laughs> if you honestly, if you want to hear more of Micah, they have a podcast, right? Jesus Worldwide Podcast. Yes, Jesus Worldwide, they're in La Habra. They actually have church Sunday night, so you can do both. Um, they, yeah, Chris and Alex do, come on now. Um, wow, well, Jesus, he's the reason we're here. <laughs> I love Micah, I just get so happy when he preaches. <laughs> it's good to get happy. Oh. Thank you, Lord. I don't want you to leave. Um, <laughs> just, oh, we need to have more prayer meetings, you know? We need more times of just prayer meetings where you just like, you just come together and you just pray. Yeah, man, I was reading that scripture um, in, in, the, in the garden. He says, you know, I, you know, pray that you would not give in a temptation. And it's like prayer, prayer will keep you from going down the temptation route. So if you're being tempted by things you're not really tempted with, um, pray more. Pray more. And that's not Jesus saying, pray more. That's Jesus saying, if you prayed more, you wouldn't fall asleep. You wouldn't be tempted. 
So if you have temptation in your life, things you just want to stop happening, I encourage you, pray more. Spend some time alone anyway. But I think we, I think we need to start doing more prayers together. I think that's a, some of the heart of God. Hey, if you're part of the prayer team, come on up. If you're our, our senior team, our leadership team, you're on the prayer team, come on up. Um, why don't you stand with me? Why stand with me? Um, a lot of fun, uh, fun groups. If you're a, women, a woman, you have uh, uh, Women Alive, Victorious Women. I don't know. I'm going to put my name in the hat to name it myself as a guy. Um, and then uh, Man Alive is starting Monday. We have a business group that starts. So if you're in business, if you're, uh, you know, if you're a business leader, you're, you just feel like you have a huge heart for the business realm, um, Bobby Brown is starting that. I'm really excited. It's, it's lunches here on February 6th is the first one. So I think that's on our website too. Anyway, um, yeah, Father, we love you. We bless you, God, and we just pray. Uh, <laughs> we just pray for the Super Bowl, Lord. Um, can, I, can I just say this? Since you're here, you haven't left yet. Let me just say this. There's a, there's a, prophet, there's a prophetic word by Bob Jones. If you don't know who Bob Jones is, he's a, he's a prophet. He went, to, he went to go with Jesus on Valentine's Day, of all things, okay? How about that for, like, life goals? Um, all right. Um, he had a prophetic word, and Sean Bowles, if you look at his Instagram, you know, he's one that kind of re- repeated it because Bob is dead, uh, has died. We went to, he, went to, he went to go with Jesus. Yes, <laughs> Lots of ways you can say that, all right? <laughs> you, you're with me, right? <laughs> anyway, when the prophetic word was that when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, it will be a sign, shh, it will be a sign that revival is coming and that the, um, the apostles, what is it, what was it? It'll be the, did it say the third grade awakening? It'll be a third grade awakening and that it, it, it's a sign that the apostles will step into the chief's role, the chief, the, the, something about a play on words. But basically, there was this amazing word that was given that when, when the chiefs, and this was years ago, and they haven't won or been close to it in years, right? Like, so anyway, I, I'm not saying who to vote for, but if you want revival, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, you guys, I know, these are fighting words. (laughs) Anyway, if San Francisco wins, we're all happy. If the Chiefs win, we can also be happy, all right? Then we're looking for, all right, Revival's already here. We know that, but it's kind of cool as a word about this. Okay, anyway, come on and get prayer. If you need a miracle in your body, if you need a word from the Lord, these guys are are professionals. (laughs) Anyway, bless you guys. Have some fun um, and be safe. All right, bye, you guys. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.